The Armstrong and Getty Show is now old enough to drink. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. So as of the 31st of August 2019, we have been doing the Armstrong and Getty Show radio talk show for 21 years, which makes it a full-grown adult. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember how it came up. Who were we talking to? Somebody. Um, are you sure it was somebody? About when, when we started in radio, and we didn't do talk the years before we did this show. We were on music stations, but you still have to have something to talk about. And you show up to work, and you got whatever city's newspaper you're in. When we were in Wichita, Kansas, we'd get there, and they'd have the Wichita Eagle Peak in there. And that's all you got. Mm-hmm. That is it. That's the only information you have about the entire world. Right. Two countries could be at war right now, and you wouldn't know it. What about your push notification? <laughs> All you've got is what happened about a full day ago because it's in the newspaper this morning. Right, and maybe you'd swing by the magazine stand and pick up a, a copy of Cosmopolitan and, and you know some other news magazine or something like that. And just... Well, for some wacky poll, or right. maybe you know you get Newsweek or Time if you right. want last week's news as right. opposed to yesterday's right. news. Unrest in Africa, I'll be danged. <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was um, yeah, yeah, it was very different, very, very different. Yeah, uh, and people survived though. Everybody got along fine. It's not like you were blindsided by depressions or wars or you know diseases or something that you didn't know about instantly. And you're and you weren't constantly wondering where you're where where you were when you were driving or where your children were or any right. of the you know. Everybody right. was fine. It was a simpler time. How would I yell at a celebrity that they're a jackass and I hate their art, though? You couldn't. That is one thing you couldn't yeah, do. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You suck and I hate you. In the reverse, though, I yeah. didn't ever get exposed to jackass celebrities' opinions on anything. I had no idea what they thought about things. Unless you watched uh, The Tonight Show. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, once and a even year. Even then, you wouldn't get into politics. You know, it's funny. I was uh, in a hotel room the other night and flipping channels and I came across Dick Cavett. Um, who is just a brilliant conversationalist, great interviewer, and the rest of it. But like I was super- current, currently alive. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is one of your old timey TV right. show channels. Okay. And they had like Dick Cavett, and I think they had the Ed Sullivan show edited. Um, but um, a great conversationalist. But oh man, he was stridently left politically, and I hadn't hadn't remember that. But well, you wouldn't know as a kid. Well, it was only it only came out because he was talking to Tom Selleck, and uh, Tom, known at the time, is fairly conservative and still is, and. Uh, so they were respectful. Well, Tom was respectful. Cavett was mostly disrespectful, but Tom was used to sitting there and taking it. So Was Magnum P.I. sporting his mustache in oh, this episode? Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> oh, so listen, um, it's funny. Through the years in radio, um, the hiring decisions are, st- are frequently stupid. I'm talk, still here. In talk radio? <laughs> no, you're you're fine, Michael. You're fine. You're beyond fine. You're a prince of a man. Of the 21 years, how many years have you been with us, Michael? Uh, 18. Uh, no, let's see. 19 now. 19. 19 wow. yeah. Great, Scott. Out of 21. And That's you, Sean? Astounding. Uh, five-ish, the new guy. I want to say. Yeah. Has it really been that long? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And Marshall? Uh, almost 14. And Joe, how long have you been with the Armstrong and Getty Show? <laughs> Seems like forever. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dominic? Oh, jeez. No, no answer. Um, so, anyway, but there have been a couple of high-profile things where, where, like, there were big jobs that came open or, or we were uh, considered or whatever. And um, and these, you know, half-wits are just, they're cowards, really. In radio management, they'll hire, like, a guy who's failed five times in a row, used to be a TV weatherman, you know, for instance. 
And that's not a reference to somebody who's currently working in radio, because there is a guy who did weather who's on the radio right now, and I'm not I'm not talking about him. Um, or or they'll get a celebrity, um, like uh, when David Lee Roth famously took over for Howard Stern uh, on the radio. And and I always say, listen, the first show is pretty easy. The second one, maybe you got a little dig, uh, dig a little bit, but listen, you've got to picture the two hundredth show, right? You know, right. that's when you figure out if somebody can do this or cannot do that. And just for chuckles, I assumed uh, taking weekends off and an average of a few weeks a year because we used to take like no time off ever, and now we take a fair amount off. But um, uh, roughly two hundred and twenty-five shows a year. That would be uh, forty-seven hundred and twenty-five Armstrong and Getty shows. And then times the hours. Give me how many hours have we done? Um, yeah, I think I did 21. That would be um, almost exactly 19,000 hours. Wow. Because remember that talk radio. Because <laughs> wow. uh, most of them the same. Many of them the same. Um, uh, Actually, you know what? Maybe now is the time to reveal it. We've only done 40 different hours, <laughs> and then we just keep rerunning them. Yep. But there was that book a couple of years yep. ago that said you had to spend 10,000 hours working on something to get good at it. Yeah. So we've done 19,000 hours. How come we aren't good at it? How come? Well, <laughs> that, that was a lie. Well, that, <laughs> that, that was, was on average. Right. Right. <laughs> Very true. Um, Very true. Well, how, many, uh, how many years did we do in music radio before we started the talk show? I don't even remember. I, I was I mean, I, together. Yeah, mm. I was curious. Was Wichita your oh, the about first six ninety two through ninety eight? eight yeah. The beginning. Of, so that would be. Let's see. So was Wichita the first time you guys teamed up together? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you worked for uh, my friend Dennis Kincaid. That's right. We did. And he had told me about you uh, even before I met you. And then, years and years and, we, and years ago. We were uh, uh, doing the morning show and playing oldies music. Right. Though he wanted us to talk a lot. He yeah. said when. He said, when people tune in, I don't want them to hear a song. I want them to hear you talking, yep. which was rare in That's, music radio. It was oh, good yeah. stuff. It was oh, an yeah. amazing gift to oh, us. Yeah. Yeah. That, it that absolutely was. So rare in music radio. In fact, the opposite is almost always yeah. true. Yeah. When the listeners tune in, we want them to hear Celine Dion or whatever your thing right. is, Blake yeah. Shelton. All right, make so, it quick. So before we started the right. radio, the uh, talk show, we'd already done, you know, going on 6,000 hours. Um, Ooh. Um, but, you know, what the in hell? 15 second sprints. They uh, yeah. no, actually no. But that's the reason. One of the yeah. reasons we got out of music radio is we were doing a talk show between records, and it was just this, weird and incongruous. Right. This isn't hard. In fact, I find it quite easy. But a lot of people find it very difficult, and I think it requires a certain like personality or mindset because um, people. David Lee Roth's a good example when they when they launched that liberal talk radio thing, and you had. Janine Garofalo, who, uh, Stuart Smalley, the guy who grabbed women's butts. Franken. Uh, Franken. A number of people did it. And uh, and I know from hearing through the industry that what got them down a lot of them was just the every day. Three or four hours every day after the first week, you're like, I got to do this again next week. Some people, if you're used to, you know, you get together and you make a one-hour show, TV show, every so often, or or what, however else you're doing it. Right. It, it just it, it works better for their... The way their minds work or their right. creativity. I Which like the every single day, four hours doesn't bother me. But yeah. for a lot of people, it just it just it just doesn't work for them. Well, yeah. I wouldn't like the rigid schedule and the tightness of like a, an hour TV show where you got 21 minutes once a week and then you got to make this. That, that yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy that. Yeah, but I'd love the whole Judge Judy thing where you show up for one day and you tape 10 episodes. <laughs> then you go screw around for two weeks. Well, yeah, I would I love that. Uh, it, it, also, you know. It was funny because we've made jokes about this through the years that, you know, a show will come together great sometimes. 
and then it just it vanishes into the ether. Nine, I mean, 2007, right. we had one of those. Right. <laughs> and, um, and now it's, you know, they're available via podcast, and some of you do a fabulous job of keeping them cataloged and stuff, which is very cool and flattering and funny, but... Um, they just they vanish into the atmosphere, yeah. and you got to do another one the next day. And I could see if you're used to like making movies um, that are uh, you know you make them, they're in the can, they're in the theaters, they're on cable, they're available on, you know via you read about them on IMDb for the rest of your life. Yeah, and your reputation and money can live off of that forever. Right, even one. I mean, you can make one blockbuster, and people will still stop you on the street and say, "Oh my god." You know, yeah, we got to churn out sausage yeah, every yeah, damn day. You have a great segment in radio, and it's just gone. Right. And uh, gone hey, forever. dumbass, do another one now. You know, so. <laughs> one of my earlier memories of when I first joined up the show and I was trying to, you know, just get used to the, get my ocean legs under me. We'd, I'd come in after the show on the first week, and I'd kind of say, hey, so how, how'd you guys think the show went? And Jack's almost uniform response was, well, it was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we got another four tomorrow. Yeah. And I thought that was that was a perfect crystallization of the ever leaning forward nature yeah. of radio. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I think keeps it fun. I did catch on to a long time ago, back when I used to listen to air checks myself when I did music radio. The good ones aren't as great as you think, and the bad ones aren't as bad as you think. You're right. somewhere in that middle right. range right. every day. Which <laughs> so. is incredibly disappointing and comforting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, at the same time. Yeah, yep. Depending yeah. on which. <laughs> You ever yeah. thought about how many hours of radio you've done, Marshall? Oh, jeez. With all the various shows you've been on? Uh, it would it would be a large number. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, how many hours? Because the other thing, too, is uh, I've been involved in long-form talk shows like at KLOS, where we did a talk show for six hours a what? night. Six-hour oh, wow. talk show. Five and nights was that a with, week. And was that with just the newspaper to go off of? Uh, no, we had wires. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we had, well, you yeah, had the wires, news wire. Yeah. Callers, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, callers. That, that's one of the reasons people oh, yeah. use. All right. Some people do callers well, but for, for it, few. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really. And the callers yeah. don't do callers well. That's no, the problem. They don't. It's really they the don't. lazy talk show host crutch for a lot of people. Not everybody. Right. Some people do it well, but it right. is the easiest thing to do if you can't do anything right. else is just take calls. I also, uh, <laughs> during that time, uh, my partner was a guy named Alan Burton, and he was a wonderful storyteller. Mm, that's he great. looked kind of like Burl Ives. I don't know how many of you ever saw Burl Ives, but uh, silver uh, and gold. Yeah. yeah, but he, you know, he... Uh, Sean's going to Google that. He, uh, was, uh, he was a great storyteller, and he had been in the San Francisco early music scene, you know, with Sonny and Cher and Hendrix and all those but people. But, geez, you got to tell a good, long Hendrix story every day for, for a six-hour show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, but he could he could weave together a number of different tales, much like you guys do. I mean, you, you could give him a topic, and he would just go off on it. That's it, a lot of talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, it was uh, that that was amazing, and we almost died, by the way, because it was midnight to six a.m. Oh <laughs> man! Oh, the overnighter. Oh what's, yeah. What's the closest we've ever come to getting fired for for uh, <sighs> content sort of thing? Well, is content it, is it the uh, the guy in the building right now? Is that the closest we ever came? Um, I'm not sure how close we came. I don't think we did that time actually. It's it yeah. was the. What about some of the the impromptu vacations? Were any of those? close nah. we would we want we might not know how close it came yeah. oh well, you, oh you know what it was it was at the beginning when we got the listen guys 
The station is over here. You're over here. We really need to close that gap if we're going to continue this. Oh. I, I'll bet somebody said, listen, just get rid of them. Somebody else said, well, you got to give them a chance. You well, know, we, probably the guy who hired, hired us, Ken Cole, probably said, well, for God's sake, let's at least talk to him. Uh, we have been on in San Francisco for 16 years, and we got wow. fired for a day and a half there. Yes, in a bizarre episode. Like all the all the management people got together and somehow decided they should fire us. Right. And then so then they told our agent, and then our agent told us, and then before the weekend was over, they changed their mind. Did you have to fill out... A brand new batch of new hire paperwork. Uh, like somebody said, I didn't. I didn't really think we should do that. Did you? You know, I didn't either. I was just going along. That because was hasty, you said man. It. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, it was corporate guys. It was management and the rest of it. And then we they called us in to one of the bigwigs' offices Monday. Honest to God, this is true. And he he kind of sort of brought it up, and we said something about well, it was kind of funny being a. You know, uh, out of work for a day and a half. He said, oh, no, no, no. You weren't fired. We never fired you. No, no, okay. No. Oh, that was a misunderstanding. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Right. And we're like, no, 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 no. You said you don't work here anymore, which we interpreted <laughs> as we're fired. <laughs> it's usually when you're fired, yeah. yeah. And evidently, yeah. some. and it, funny, it hadn't occurred to me at the time. I wonder if the lawyers told them, no, you can't, like, fire them and unfire them. Just tell them they were never fired. Oh, probably right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Because I could claim emotional distress, and I can no longer get an erection. Right. Because of when I thought I was fired. That turned out an overshare, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, was. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Loss of consortium. That is probably what happened there. Yeah. yeah. Eh, hilarious. Yeah. Taking enough Viagra to bring a strand of spaghetti back around, but uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, that was probably that was it. Oh, eh, anyway, when back uh, when they stuck us in a, a closet as our office to punish us for not conforming to their view of talk radio. <laughs> yes, Michael. Hey, didn't you guys have a job where you guys got yourself into really good shape because you talked so little that oh, yeah. you were doing like push-ups and you were doing? Yeah, that sit- was a music job. Yeah, yeah, that was our second to last gig. Yeah. Well, we. Oh my God, we've told some of these stories before. If you're bored, you'll stop listening. Okay, that's fine. So we uh, we got hired to go to Charlotte which is was a much bigger market than we were working in. It's also a, just a wonderful city, wonderful market, uh, to go be the morning show on the giant powerhouse, legendary number one country station. And they're competitor. And, and so we quit our job. We, uh, we gave them notice. I sold my house because Judy and I had a house and a baby and the rest of it. And, um, and, uh, and we went there to house hunt, and they said uh, they were being weird. The, the vibe was so weird. And yeah. both of us were, like, off-put, but we couldn't figure it out. And finally, they say, listen, uh, how would you guys like to work for our uh, our other station? We're like, what? What are you talking Not about? Not the number one station in town? Yeah, but instead, this adult contemporary wuss rock station. And uh, and same money, same everything. And we're like, yeah. what? And they explained. The story was, was ridiculous. I don't know if I want to go into detail, but... So he said, well, yeah, I guess we'll take that effing job. Having quit ours and sold my house, yes, so as to have a place to live and a little money, yeah, okay, we'll take the job. Speaking of lawsuits, if we'd wanted to make ourselves a pariah in the industry, I'm sure we could have made an argument about that. But so anyway, six weeks after that, we start the job and they change formats on the radio station. Hey, do you guys speak Spanish? <laughs> uh, see? <laughs> they switched to greatest hits of the 70s, and this is the way music radio thinks. And I'm glad I'm not in music radio anymore, but 
they they wanted to establish the music format, so they wanted as little talking as possible. Oh, yeah. So we were hired, and we had, how many liner cards did we have? Like five that rotated. Right. And you'd just read the card and then put it in the back of the stack, and then three songs later you'd say, no bubble gum, no heavy metal. Just the greatest hits of the 70s. And And our favorite one, our favorite one. (laughs) No mindless chatter. Which is what we got hired for. Just the greatest hits of the 70s. So we'd read one of those like every 15 minutes. Right. There's a certain that was a whole show. Stockholm syndrome thing developing there when you make your mindless chatterers say that less yeah, mindless yes. chatter. Right? Like yeah, there's, exactly. there's a weird power play right. going on and, there. And so yeah. since obviously yeah. reading eight seconds of that every 15 minutes is not a two-man job, we could alternate. <laughs> Nor a one-man <laughs> job, really. And so we each had a half hour off at least every morning. Yeah. For months we did this. So we would we would read books during our shift. I brought in a not bunch of magazines, books. I brought in a bunch of dumbbells from home right. we kept in the That's studio, right. and we just right. lifted weights. So we lift weights and read books. Doing, like, and, prison workouts. Oh, we, exactly. Well, and for the same reason, we had to do something <laughs> yeah. for four hours. And so, man, I was ripped. I was in the best shape of my oh. life, you know, post-high school. Oh, the song's fading out. No was really gum, well read. No bubble gum, no heavy metal. Just the greatest hits of the 70s. Turn it off, you're done for another You're hearing a little clank in the back. <laughs> clank hits me. Squeezing out another set of curls. What a weird job. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. It's oh, like being boy. in government work. Yeah. yeah, but then we, you know, and that was actually, well, we actually did get fired, but that was pre-talk radio. Because um, we went in and said, we, look, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> You hired us to do a show, we're going to do a show, or we want to leave. And but what was it, two weeks later they said, you know that stuff about you want to leave? Well, you get to. <laughs> Why don't you go? And so we did, and that's when we moved to the West Coast. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, this. So anyway, thanks uh, those of you who those of you who've been listening the entire time, or any of it, we appreciate it. What's the matter with you? Uh, yeah, you're very patient, obviously. And those uh, more recent uh, joiners on, that's super cool, too. God, there's more to talk about than ever. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, indeed. That's what I fear. Yeah. yeah. Just one quiet news day, please, Lord, before I quit this business. Yeah, one more thing on that. And it's just, it's just you know, it's wearing America out. But it used to be struggling to come up with things to talk about. That was just true for everybody and all all of talk radio and for TV and stuff like that. Now it's, you've got 50,000 choices. Your job is to decide which things to talk about. That's the different skill. It's a just, it's a different skill. Which things do you talk about? And it helps to be clever and charming while you're talking about them, certainly. In theory? Yeah. No doubt. Anyway, not the career, but the podcast. Well, congratulations, guys, and thanks for keeping me around. I guess that's it.